You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Know that grace, peace, mercy, and hope are yours in abundance from the triune God. Amen. So we're uh, coming up on the 4th of July this weekend. Who's excited for that? Woo! Uh, This last weekend, or this last week, we were uh, up at my parents' house celebrating my dad's retirement, and they have cable, so we uh, had the TV on and got to notice that, you know, good old Deal and Doug and Shaggy and Jake Jabs and a whole bunch of other uh, swindlers, I mean car dealers and furniture store people and other sales pitchmen and women were already taking to the airwaves, dressed as Uncle Sam and the Statue of Liberty, just trying to get you to come in and buy something from them in honor of America's birthday. What's more American than buying a couch from Jake Jabs, huh? (laughs) The 4th of July is that flag-waving, parade-having, fireworks-blasting time of year when we remember the founding fathers of this country, when we honor our military men and women and veterans, and we think about values like democracy and liberty and, most importantly, freedom. Freedom's a funny thing here in America. For those of us, and I'm guessing that most of us, um, that have not unjustly experienced a loss of our freedom... It's not really something we, one, think about on a regular basis, or two, really truly grasp. As a nation that's almost 250 years removed from the time in which the familiar opening salvo of the Declaration of Independence was penned, our notions of freedom have evolved. We hold these truths, the Declaration of Independence says, to be self-evident, that all men, and in brackets, women, are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Where once freedom was a value of the whole, it seems now that freedom has to do more with me, myself, and I than it does for us all together. I think Cartman from South Park sums it up pretty aptly, our notions of freedom these days, when he emphatically says, I do what I want. (laughs) Our perspective on what freedom means, what it is and what it isn't, I think borders on insane sometimes these days. From the best I can tell, freedom is more an excuse to be a jerk then it is a real value of our society at large. I don't know how many gun rights advocates we have here today, but the weird and dare I say stupid open carry demonstrations going on around the country are not a statement about the freedom to bear arms, but they're an intimidation tactic that makes some people feel more powerful and in charge of their lives than others. To carry a loaded assault weapon into a Target or a grocery store where families are shopping is not freedom, 
for anyone but the person carrying a weapon. Others find themselves petrified and held captive to the fear, and they find themselves held captive to in a place that they should feel safe. That's not freedom. As I thought about it this week, the major dilemma I faced as a congressional staffer was trying to weigh one group's freedom against another. Time and time again, the decisions that were being made had to do with who deserved more freedom. Too often, that scale was weighted in favor of the haves, not the have-nots. Too often, one group's so-called rights and freedoms seemed to outweigh the needs of our country and our world as a whole. Too often, power continued to be concentrated in the hands of a few who enslaved the many, all in the name of freedom. And so I left to pursue a different way of living. I left in search of a different set of values, and lo and behold, I found that freedom was a part of the Christian life. But it wasn't what I thought. You see, God grants the human creature the freedom of choice. In fact, the Creator gives us so much freedom that we have the ability, the ability to reject the one who made us. We have the freedom to ignore and dismiss the love of that Creator God and instead rely on ourselves to get by. That sort of behavior, the Apostle Paul says, leads not to freedom, but actually to enslavement to something entirely oppressive. What he names as sin, we might easily call self-centeredness, greed, and much more. Sin leads to following a way and living a life that is so concerned with self that it cannot see the possibility that God has concern for all creation, including other human lives. Paul puts it out there pretty bluntly. Through the new life offered in Jesus, the choice is clear. Choose the master that leads to isolation, alienation, and sin, or the one that leads to wholeness, healing, and new life. His encouragement to those listening in Rome is simply, through your, is simply this. Through your baptism, you have been initiated into Christ's death, which puts sin away, put it to death entirely. And you have been raised to new life in which freedom has new meaning. As he says in Galatians, for freedom Christ has set you free. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The burden of freedom is that it's to be employed not in service of ourselves, but as an outpouring of love directed toward God and to those around us. Freedom puts us in a posture to experience powerful, authentic relationship with God and others. These are relationships that are vulnerable, relationships that are true, relationships that are mutual and not transactional. I wanted you to hear the end of that passage from Romans that was read just a little bit earlier, but this time in a paraphrased interpretation from Eugene Peterson, because sometimes Paul is a little bit hard to understand. A lot of times Paul is condescending. <laughs> but this week in our text study, we, uh, after wrestling with the New Revised Standard Version of this text, 
read this piece from the message, and I think it was helpful. So I want you to hear it. Paul writes this. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. And how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom, your lives healed and expansive in holiness? As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of. Where did it get you? A dead end. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do, and have discovered the delight of listening to God tell you, what a surprise. A whole, healed, put-together life right now, with more and more of life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus our Master. I thought that was a little bit better than the New Revised Standard Version. So friends, the gift of freedom granted to us by God and renewed through Christ's life, death, and resurrection into which we are baptized is eternity. That eternal life starts, starts not after we die, but now as we open ourselves up to experience God's presence in our lives through others. Our freedom then is not derived from military might or power or wealth or prestige. It comes from a vulnerable place and is an invitation to experience God's love, God's hope, and God's dream right now. We therefore don't need to wear guns on our shoulders or flags on our shirts as a display of our freedom. We don't need to get good deals on cars or furniture or anything else. And we don't need elected officials to defend or protect the kind of freedom we have from God in Christ. Instead, we experience and demonstrate our freedom with every kind word or act. We share our freedom by opening ourselves up and pouring ourselves out. Thanks be to God for that freedom which comes today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. If these sermons are meaningful for you, we invite you to support the congregation, and you can do that at houseforall.org. There's a PayPal button there. Also, we'd love for you to come and join us for liturgy. We meet at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock on Sundays at 2201 Dexter in Denver.